Welcome to the Borderline Space Podcast. My name is Bethany. I'll be your host throughout this entire podcast. I will be starting every episode off with a trigger warning, usually specific to the content of the episode. So for this one, we are going to touch on things such as suicidal ideation, attempted suicide, self-harm, and various forms of abuse, as well as going a little bit into trauma. If any of that is too much for you, please just turn the episode off. I don't want anybody getting triggered. I don't want anybody getting to a point where they can't really listen to you and take away from the episode. That's not what I want. I want you to take care of you. So you know your limits. Please be respectful of them and take care of yourself. Since it's the very first episode of the podcast, I'm going to talk about me. I'm going to go into my history with borderline personality disorder, what I did when I got diagnosed and how I felt and just kind of what led me here. And then I'll touch a little bit on what to expect in future episodes. I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder about a little over a year ago. And when I got that diagnosis, I felt a couple different things, to be honest. I felt a little scared because I didn't really know what it was. I've heard of it, but it's not something that's ever really been discussed in a very like detailed way for me. I was a little sad. I didn't want to have this big label. I thought I was just depressed and or anxious. I didn't really want my mental health to be any worse than that, I suppose. And then part of me was also relieved because at least I had a name for what was going on. And when I went over the traits, it all sort of clicked and made sense and was like, oh, okay, so there is a reason for the things that I do. There is a reason for the way that my brain is reacting to certain things. And maybe that means if there's a reason for it, there's a cure for it or medication or therapy or just something I could do to help myself. Biggest thing that I did was try to learn as much as I could about this disorder. When I don't know something and it becomes a big part of my life, I have to know everything about it. That's a control issue of mine. I probably will never change that because it's actually served me really well in the past. So I asked the psychologist who diagnosed me what I should do to find out more information or if there were websites that I could go to, anything like that. And they recommended a couple of books for me to read that were on Amazon. So I got some of them. And as I started reading them, I realized that while the books contain good information and seem to make sense of some of the things that people with BPD experience, they're mostly written by people who study borderline personality disorder or treat it. So psychologists, things like that. They're not actually written by anybody who has the disorder. And that was discouraging for me personally, because you can be somebody who studies something and learns a lot about it. And, you know, maybe you can stand up in front of a crowd or you can write a book or some articles or something. And you can say, hey, I've studied this for a long time. So I know X, Y, and Z about it. That's great and all. You don't truly know what it's like to have this effect every single part of your life. So that's what I wanted. I wanted a firsthand experience of it. And it just, it hardly exists outside of the woman who created the therapy that they use to treat BPD. So dialectical behavior therapy or DBT. She wrote a book about it. Other than that, I still have not found a book written by anybody who actually has BPD or, you know, even websites or anything. There's a few podcasts out there, but when I listened to some of the episodes, it was either people talking about like their day or how they're feeling that day, things like that. It wasn't really going in depth into, you know, what is splitting? What does it look like, you know, when you go into crisis mode? What is DBT? How long does it take? Is there a cure for this? Can you be cured for that? You know, things like that. So I really was passionate about making this podcast because I wanted to make sure that people had some, I say some form of education, like I'm somehow a an expert on this. I wouldn't say I'm an expert on it, but I'm somebody who, though I've only 
knowingly lived with it for a little over a year. It's possible I've had it for longer. I don't know. One fun fact about BPD is that most people are misdiagnosed over and over and over again because people in the mental health world do not like to treat patients with BPD. And they really don't like to give that label to patients because it means that they may not get the help that they need. You know, for a while, it was just seen as like a death sentence. You're going to have it and you're going to go crazy to the point that you want to kill yourself. And that's that. They used to lock people away in the psych ward that had BPD because they were deemed just untreatable, which is really, really not great. Slight warning that I should have thrown in at the beginning. I use explicit language. That's just my normal speaking habits. I throw those words out there every now and again. So if that is an issue, maybe don't listen. So diagnosed a year ago, did some research, learned some stuff from people with a lot of fancy letters after their name who say that they know a lot about borderline personality disorder. I was diagnosed after spending a few days in the psych ward. I went to the psych ward because I tried to overdose on pills. Hard to overdose when the pills you take make you very, very sleepy and you fall asleep before you can take enough to actually complete the act. So went to the psych ward. That all stemmed from a really, really nasty and traumatic breakup. We'll discuss further in a different episode because it involves a lot of trauma. It involves a lot of legal issues. It involves a lot of bullshit that I should not have had to deal with because honestly, I should have just been given the truth from day one and to this day, that individual, I can't even call him a man, that individual still can't face me and give me the truth. So yeah, we are where we are. Either way, I did things I shouldn't have done. And I ended up going to jail a few times. I think I spent a total of seven days, or at least I was given a credit of seven days. I had to go into veterans court, which meant that I had to plead guilty to the charges that were against me and complete veterans court in exchange for what's called a stay of adjudication. So basically, if you were to run my criminal record, it would say I was charged with these things, but never convicted for them. It would say adjudicated, meaning that I've never been convicted. And that's a long story that, again, different episode, maybe different podcast, who knows? Anyway, went through that, was something I dealt with for a while. Unfortunately, something I'm still dealing with because my ex is stalking me online. And so is the the chick he cheated on me with that he is now dating again, whatever. So that's kind of what led me here was a really traumatic breakup. What I realized was a complete um, farce of a relationship. Nothing that he told me was true. One of the things that I really wanted to know was how a person gets BPD. What happens? That is this something that you're born with? Is it some you know? Does something happen to you in life that you have to get this? The best that I have been able to come up with is that psychologists and other people in the mental health community believe that it is due to recurring traumatic events because everything, everyone with BPD has trauma in common. Go us. So essentially, somebody else fucked with our lives and we are now paying the price for it. Fantastic. I am this way because other people were terrible to me. That's just not something that I think is fair. To be honest with you, I don't think that I should ever, I don't think anybody should ever have to be put through trauma because someone else is unhealed. Someone else is mentally unstable. Somebody else is just a dick. I think that's bullshit. I don't think that other people should have to suffer for that. And to obtain this disorder where your brain has literally changed because of the trauma that you've dealt with, because other people are shit human beings, sucks. Because now I'm the one that has to deal with this lasting 
thing. And and I'm not talking about one specific person. I've dealt with several people who have been ridiculous to me. You know, my ex-husband was not great. My birth mother, not great. Most recent individual that I thought I had a relationship with, horrible. Like, none of these people are great people. And the things that they did had an effect on me. So let's see, we covered my legal issues. We covered jail. We covered Bike Ward, aka the Grippy Sock Palace. What else do we need to cover? I am currently doing DBT, so dialectical behavior therapy. I guess to learn essentially how to cope with life. Things like radical acceptance, where you look at the world around you and you understand that it is a not great place. And even if you disagree with the fact that it's not a great place, you can accept that this is what it is. Or coping ahead, where you essentially make a plan when you know you're going to go into a situation that could trigger you on how to not act on those feelings. It's a lot. It's helpful. I won't lie. I think it's been extremely helpful for me. I think it's something that I, especially considering where I was a year ago, needed. Wish that I had had a year ago because I probably could have avoided a lot of the legal issues, but we're here now and, and so far so good. I have about a month left and I'll do an episode on DBT specifically just because I think it is important for people to know about it. And not everybody goes through DBT. Not everybody can find a place that does it. Not everybody can get into a group. I think it would be helpful to go over just some of the stuff that I've learned, why I found it helpful, things that maybe don't work as well for me, stuff like that. Um, Like I said, it's group therapy. So I'm not there by myself. It's two mental health professionals. And then I know the group size changes all the time because we keep getting new members and people leave and all of that stuff. So we'll go through that. Um, another episode we'll do around trauma. I'll do episodes on just what borderline personality disorder really is going into like the nine traits from the DSM-5. Speaking of, the DSM-5 says that there are nine traits to borderline personality disorder, and you have to have at least five of the nine, so a majority, to be diagnosed. I, when I was talking with the therapist who diagnosed me, have all nine, which is super, super fun. So I have all nine, and the reason I think that I didn't even realize I had them is because I am what is considered high-functioning or quiet BPD. I can get myself out of bed every single day. I can go to work whether I want to or not, whether my mind is screaming at me to stay home and stay in bed or not. I can do that. I can be so overly controlled in every single area of my life that the minute one thing doesn't go the way that I planned it to, I will freak out because I'm overly controlled. I hold my emotions in check to the extreme. You know, if you think of your mind as like a pendulum, you have the one hand that's overly controlled and then you swing to the other side and it's like you have no control over your emotions whatsoever. And that's how I felt during that breakup was just completely and totally out of control. I didn't have any control over what I wanted to do. I didn't have any control over the, I just, I felt like, I almost felt like two different people because I could get up and I could go to work and I could do my job and I could do it well. But the minute that I either got home or had any sort of like time alone to myself, done. Emotions were gone. Like I just, I don't know, I almost felt possessed in a way. Like I just, I had to do certain things because my emotions were so built up that this was the only way to release them that I knew. I engaged in things like self-harm. I have a tendency to cut. I'm a cutter. um, And I usually do it on my legs and my hips because those are places that historically most people do not see because I've not ever really liked 
my legs. And I cut up high enough that really I'd have to be in like a bikini bottom or I'd have to be, you know, sans bottoms all together for people to see it. And I have this tendency to not just cut, but to actually carve words into my body. Um, so I've carved things like dumb. Um, I've carved things like stupid. I hate you. Things like that. So that's that's fun to explain when people see it. I also have a tendency to cut perfectly symmetrical lines on my hips four at a time. I don't know why it has to be. It has to be four because it has to be an even number. Two just doesn't seem like enough. So it usually takes about four before I'm calm enough to be like, okay, I can breathe again. Um, but that's where I got in trouble with things like contacting my ex when there were restraining orders in place because it was a release for me. I contacted him. Okay. Especially if he would respond, then it was like, whew, I can breathe. When you're facing some legal situation, not really the best time to react like that, but that is what happens. So, but, and that's part of why I was able to get into veterans court because it really was like a mental health issue more than anything else. And yeah, they were really helpful. And I'm a veteran. And so Veterans Court is something that I am eligible for, which is great. And we'll talk about that more later. So high functioning. Um, I mean, I was doing a tough job at the time that all of this went down. I was a 911 dispatcher. So I would go to work and I would have people screaming at me. I would have people in emergency situations. I would have, I watched a guy commit suicide, actually. Um, I won't say how or go into any details of that. But yeah, I I watched somebody die, um, you know, start, start to finish. I watched it and it was tough and it was very, very difficult, but I could do that. But when I got home, I couldn't handle like not talking to you, my ex. I couldn't handle any of that. I just felt so lost and my emotions were so overwhelming that it was like, I have to reach out to him. And then it felt like a release, just like cutting myself was. That sucked, but lesson learned, right? So that's kind of my experience with borderline personality disorder. Um, I don't, like I said, I've only been diagnosed for a little over a year. I've tried to learn a lot about it in that time, but, and I've related things in my life to what has happened. You know, like how does BPD relate to this aspect of my life, the breakup? How did BPD affect that? You know, how it having and how it affected it was it made things very, very difficult, which should have been something that I could get over and things, something that I have gotten over before in the past and been fine with was, seemed impossible um, at the time. So that was rough. And, you know, unfortunately I have a daughter and she had to deal with a lot of that. And I had people who were actively being... Mm, how do I put this nicely? Dicks, assholes, fucking cunts, all of the above. Um, you know, sending me harassing text messages, telling me that my daughter shouldn't be living with me, that she should go live with her dad, stuff like that. Um, don't worry. All of that is under investigation with the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office because while I did get in trouble for doing things I should not have done, some of the things I did, I was doing to prove that my ex was doing things that he should not have been doing, but nobody took me seriously until I got all of the evidence from all of the places, all of the police departments, I should say. And now he and two other people. So the chick he cheated on me with and some some chick who's engaged her brother or something like that are all under investigation for perjury and restraining order violations via the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office. So hopefully that gets wrapped up soon because let me tell you, I've been to jail. My ex will not survive. He will cry like a little bitch. And honestly, I'm here for it. I shouldn't be. I should be a nicer person. I'm not a nicer person. I'm never the bigger person. I am petty as fuck. And I love it. Anyway, <laughs> so that's kind of my trip into the world of borderline personality disorder. I can say that it has had an effect on 
relationships in my life. Um, relationships with my family are different. My relationship with my daughter is different. She'll actually be on an episode, a future episode, because she wants to talk about how my mental health has affected her life. And she's got a pretty good front life, front row view to me and my mental health disorder. It's not great. She's 14. She'll be 15 soon. And it just, it makes me a little bit sad. It makes me a lot sad that I may be the reason that she, you know, doesn't do so great sometimes because it can't be easy to sit and watch your mom break down. It can't be easy to sit and watch your mom lose it. It cannot be easy to see scars on your mom's legs um, or to see text messages because she's a little snooper where you're sending pictures of your self-harm to a person that you are in love with and you hope will give a shit enough to actually come save you from yourself. Newsflash, he never did. I know we're all shocked by that. So that's kind of my story with borderline personality disorder. This podcast, like I said, I'm just hoping to give a first-hand view of what borderline personality disorder really is and how it can affect somebody's life and how we have to cope with things on a day-to-day basis and sometimes an hour-to-hour basis or a minute-to-minute basis. I mean, when you're in full-on crisis mode, when you have BPD and your emotions are running so high that you can't, like, there is no trying to cope ahead for anything. There's no, like, mindfulness happening. It is literally, like, crisis mode. You are you are breaking at that point. Um, it's really, really tough. And it can happen over what other people perceive to be silly things. But for us, they're not. And that that's tough. It's tough for other people to understand that. And so part of my goal with this podcast is to talk about that. Part of it is just a little bit of education. You know, if you don't have borderline personality disorder, but maybe you know somebody who has it, or if you're new to it, or even if you've had it for a long time, maybe I offer a different perspective for you. I don't know. I'm not an expert by any means. I am just a person who has it and can tell you what that's like. And then I want to end this stupid stigma. You know, people, I was on Twitter and this chick, I have no idea what she does for a living because her job and stuff was not in her bio and I couldn't find her on LinkedIn or anything. But she posted something saying that her patients with BPD were going to be the death of her. And I tweeted back and I was like, actually, because you view them this way, you will likely be the death of one of them. Borderline personality disorder has the highest mortality rate than any other disorder. More people commit suicide who have BPD than any other mental health disorder. And that is largely due to either being misdiagnosed, so they're not getting the treatment that they need, or to being shunned by the people who are supposed to help them for being told that, oh, because you have borderline personality disorder, you're a tougher patient for me. Well, fuck you. I didn't tell you to go into this job. I didn't tell you to go into this world. I didn't tell you to say, hey, why don't you go and do this for a living? But that was not my choice. You made that choice. And if you can't handle it, you need to find a different job. And that's that's the God's honest truth right there. So I don't have a whole lot of I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for people who are mental health professionals, psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers, whatever, who are like, oh, people with BPD are too hard to deal with. No, you're just a little bitch. You need to figure out why you're not able to handle this and you need to better yourself. If it's better education, things like that. I have this disorder. I work for you know a full-time job. I do this podcast. I have a second podcast that's more um, about legal issues and things like that. I'm running or will be running once I get this website up and going. Two different websites. I'm trying to start a nonprofit to help people who have legal issues get the help that they need because lawyers are expensive. And I'm trying to study for law school. Plus, I'm a single mom raising a 15-year-old, soon to be a 15-year-old, queer kid. Like, that shit's not easy. I love my daughter to death. I think she's great. But like, we went to Pride today and I learned that I do not know a lot. And 
it sucks, you know? And I do it all with one of the quote unquote scarier mental health disorders. A mental health disorder that some people will see in a medical chart for me somewhere and say, nope, can't help them. They're beyond help. So no, if you're a mental health professional and that's how you feel, you are in the wrong profession. And I urge you for the sake of your patients to find a different profession or specialize in something that will never put you near somebody with BPD because that's unfair to them to not be given that help that they need. It's unfair to us. I have to have should get used to saying us, not them. So yeah, we're going to cover topics like that. We are going to cover topics like suicidal ideation, self-harm, like I said, trauma. I want to cover, you know, favorite people. I want to cover when you have more than one diagnosis because I have BPD and PTSD. So that's not easy, you know, and how those overlap. Some people have BPD and like NPD, which is narcissistic personality disorder. Um, Some people have borderline personality disorder and bipolar. Some people have BPD and ADHD. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go together. So I'd like to cover some of that. Um, Things like splitting, I think I mentioned before. I want to cover topics like that, really kind of get to the bottom of it and what it's like from the perspective of somebody who actually does it. And then how this affects relationships. You know, like I said, my relationships have changed and things. So those are a couple of the topics that I plan to cover in this podcast. And once the website is up and running, it'll be www.theborderlinespace.com. Once that is up and running, I urge you guys to tell me what you want to hear about. This is for people with borderline personality disorder. This is for people who know people with borderline personality disorder. Disorder. This is for somebody who's just curious about the disorder from somebody who has it. What do you guys want to know? You know, I'm happy to cover what I can. And if I can give a firsthand perspective, I will. If I can't, I'll try and find a guest to come on who can. So I appreciate you listening to this first episode. Truly, I do. I'm sorry if it was rough. This is my first time ever recording a podcast. So yay. <laughs> so hopefully I did okay. And as I learn more and more and more about editing and recording and things like that, I will will hopefully get better at this. Let's hope. But you can go to the website, theborderlinespace.com. You can listen to the episodes here. You're supposedly going to be able to listen to the episodes on like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and things like that. I use Buzzsprout to upload all my episodes, so they should have it on there. But yeah, if you like it, subscribe, leave a review, interact in some way. I have a Twitter account, the border, I think it's the BPD underscore space. And then there is an Instagram as well. It's all on the website. Just swing over to the website. That's going to be the easiest. So I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you all have a fantastic day or rest of your day or evening or whatever time it is for you. And I will see you in the next episode.